Hey everybody, welcome to Paranoid. My name is Jillian Stone and this is the second episode of Paranoid. I'm so excited to be filming again. I've had some major te technical difficulties and so this is literally my third time trying to do an introduction and get through the first five minutes of recording. So let's see how this goes, <laughs> I guess. Um, so I never planned on it taking me almost three months to record a new episode, but it has and we're here now. So um, I know a lot of you may be wondering where I've been and why it didn't continue on from my first episode. There are a few reasons to those questions. Number one, I got married and I've been married for about two months now and it has been so exciting. I highly recommend it. It was 100% worth it. Get married, guys. It's so fun. Matthew is my best friend, and I've literally never felt so happy in my entire life. And it's always fun, like, waking up every morning and knowing that your best friend is going to be right next to you every single day. It is so fun. Um, and, you know, being in love is also very fun, too. <laughs> uh, but number two, I got a kitten. Yeah, I did. And just as you may think, getting married, it takes up a lot of time. Getting a kitten makes things twice as busy uh, because you have to do things like play with them, uh, get them cat trees, get them treats, feed them every day, you know, give them lots of snuggle time. And as we speak, he's currently chasing a lizard that is on the outside of the door. So he's, uh, I'm afraid that he's going to like jump and hit the back of the door. It's, um, we'll see how that turns out. But <laughs> um, we got him. To about a month ago, we got him. We got him a, a week after we got married. So I guess it was a month and a half ago. Almost a month ago, or almost two months ago, we got Enzo. Very funny. I I think that's amazing. Um, but yeah, he's been the best cat ever. I love him so much, and he can fetch. By the way, that's a fun fact about Enzo. He is so cool that he knows how to fetch. Um, but number three, my family moved across the country, and. That made things about three times as busy because imagine moving an entire family of four across the country um, and my family also has 21 years worth of stuff in their house. Um, so they have a lot of stuff and it was a lot of work trying to get everything moved um, into the U-Haul. <laughs> um, and number four, I was traveling like a crap ton. I traveled four different states. I visited Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee. And I pretty much only liked Mississippi out of all the four of them. Um, I liked Tupelo, to be specific. I, I liked Tupelo, Mississippi. It was a very cute town. But yeah, basically my life took me by the reins and simply held me captive. That's kind of what happened. And, uh, you know, the good news is, though, I'm back with the weekly content. And I have so many episodes planned for you guys to dive with me down the rabbit hole, too. So help me, as long as the, you know, technical side of things stays on track, uh, say a prayer for me that <laughs> all of my audio equipment, you know, doesn't give up on me like it has the past three times. Um, but I hope that you guys have gotten a chance to listen to the first episode of Paranoid in which we discussed the origins of MKUltra, the types of programming, and we concluded off on how MKUltra had been divided amongst the masses. And... In this episode, we're going to be talking about MK Ultra and what it looks like in today's society, um, kind of going out. And you know, I'm I'm going to try and coin the term today. This episode is called "coding the culture." Well, we'll see. We'll see how I like that. 
Today's society has been made entirely superficial since the rollout of MKUltra in the 1950s, 1954 to be precise. Um, we had introduced garish fashion and it sparked into the sexual revolution of 1960, which created the culture of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Why is it that the superficial lifestyle took over so quickly? The simplest way to put it is that the media and Hollywood's involvement was the reason. Um, they... They are controlled by a three-letter organization, CIA, and, uh, you know, that's that's just how things worked. I mean, look at the representation that was in the 1950s and 60s, for instance. We have people like Bridget Bardot, who was literally described on Google, like, when I typed her name in, Bridget Bardot, it came up as famous for portraying sexually emancipated characters with hedonistic lifestyles. She was one of the best known sex symbols of the late 1950s and 60s. Like, that's what I, that's what came up when I typed in her name, you guys. Like, if that doesn't spark it at all for you, uh, the kind of representation that we had, um, that kind of describes it. We also have people like Marilyn Monroe, who we discussed in the last episode. Uh, she was the first ever successful beta kitten. She was a major sex symbol. And you have the introduction of Playboy magazine, which was created by Hugh Hefner, aka one of the most evil men of all time. Um, he created porn culture for men and ultimately destroyed our men, the destroyed the strength of our men. He sent us into weak men hard times. That's what he did. And uh, no offense to my husband, but you also have Elvis Presley, who was literally threatened with arrest because of his promiscuous dancing and sexual habits on stage. Like, he was he was thrusting majorly on stage. To, to kind of put it PG for you guys, like... I've seen his dance moves, and um, I've seen way too many Elvis tribute artists try to uh, maintain the same movements, and they're probably all over the age of 40, so it's like watching your great uncle to father uh, dance in a tight jumpsuit with a beer belly. It is probably one of the nastiest things I've ever seen in my life, and if I have to watch another one of those things again, I will literally throw up in the bleachers. I'm not kidding. It's disgusting. Would not recommend. But, you know, Matt does a great job, and that's all that matters. <laughs> So, um, we have people, uh, like, like, oh, here's one thing. We have the satanic awakening that was completely created during this time as well. Uh, we have serial killers existing, like Charles Manson, who literally murdered people in satanic rituals. Um, and you have people like Ted Bundy, who admitted to 33 murders in the 1960s, um, 33, that sounds a little bit satanic, uh, 333-666, kind of uh, satanic there. We have people like the Zodiac Killer, who killed over 37 people, and going into 1966 exactly, you have the creation of the satanic church. They literally opened up their church building in 1966. And uh, yeah, you have the reverse 9 to 666. Uh, very, very strange, but once again, not so strange, though, because they know what their dates are. They know their dates. They know their time frames. They know their coding. And that's what I'm for. I'm here to help you guys understand that coding as well. But yeah, j culture drastically changed from the 1950s and 60s. Um, and it was literally all due to the glorification of a hedonistic lifestyle by the media in Hollywood, as we saw with the representation of who we have on screen. And, you know, we have the satanic church. We have all this stuff. It's disgusting. And because of the culture of serial murders, people were locked indoors, afraid to go out because they might have been next in these horrific killings. And they focused most, most of their times 
on the screens of their TV, which is very interesting because, you know, television was relatively new then, and I know that colored TV was also relatively new, and, you know, people wanted to watch TV, and I know uh, my husband loves watching 50s and 60s shows that were black and white, you know, and people of that time, they just loved TV, and, um, I mean, TV dinners came out. I've seen so many, like, vintage ads of TV dinners, and, you know, it's, it's really interesting because, you can have literally all of the steps happen of MK Ultra to you in your own home. And I just want to take some time to reflect on the common person in the 1960s. You're sitting down in your living room in front of your TV. You've just undergone the trauma due to the fear of leaving your home because you run the risk of dying by murder. <laughs> you have the TV flashing its lights and sounds in front of you, which was brand new at the time, so people weren't used to a whole bunch of colors flashing in their face. Um, they were used to black and white, and now they have so many different flashing lights in front of you, and it's, it's insane. Um, and then the media plants a message in front of you, and what these messages were, what they consisted of, were sexual actors doing drugs to ease your anxiety and listening to foul music to accept your new culture norms of hedonism. So, doesn't that kind of sound like today too, though? Like, you're sitting down because we're all locked down because of COVID, um, and we're sitting in, in front of the TVs all day. We, we're on our screens all day, on our phones, on our computers, on our TVs, and there's a whole bunch of different types of genres that people are watching one for instance um the most popular genre was horror um so people loved being in fear in 2020 to now people still love being in fear and the media is constantly planting messages of fear in us every single day and um like we have like literally we have porn literally glorified in the streets i mean the other day yesterday actually i crashed a drag festival uh, with Nate Darnell and my husband, and we, uh, yeah, it was insane. We were literally watching porn in front of our faces. It was not a pretty sight. Highly recommend not going to a drug festival, just saying. Um, but you have people doing drugs and basically running these ads of, like, vapes and, like, oh, you want, you want to go to sleep easier? Take a vape. Take a vape. And they're, they're all gonna, it's gonna help ease your anxiety. It's gonna help you sleep better. And then you have the glorification of rap music. You have people nowadays, like, Megan the Stallion or, uh, Beyonce or you have Madonna or you have Cardi B, for instance. Oh my gosh, Cardi B. And you have people like Nicki Minaj, too. All of these major sexual women, they're so nasty. And they're glorified because literally since the 1950s, it's been ingrained into our grandparents. It's been ingrained into our parents. And now it's being ingrained into us the idea of a hedonistic lifestyle. Like, completely the opposite of what, what Jesus Christ wants for us today. So... What's interesting um, that I found, and I also went live on Instagram last night to talk about it, but I wanted to talk about the colors of the decades because it's a very, very interesting um, topic to go on, um, especially when you're looking at um, 
different virtue signals, different signals of the new world order, you know, that kind of stuff. We we are constantly trying to look at what the left, what the new world order is trying to push at us next so that by the time it gets back to us, uh, we know what's going on and we are not going to be shaken. We're not going to be moved. We're going to be standing strong in our faith that God is going to take us through and he's going to lift the scales off of our eyes so that we can see what is really going on and how to stay away from things. And I wanted to talk about all of these color codings. And I went from the 50s to the 2000s. So, for instance, the 1950s, the colors of the media were straight red and blue. Like, it was... Let me let me debrief this. Red and blue for the 1950s. It was the last fully patriotic decade. And it was also the rollout of MKUltra. And I told you guys in the last episode that the MKUltra colors are red, blue, and purple. Which is very interesting too. So you have red and blue. You have the, the last fully patriotic decade. I mean, it was after World War II. People were very brought together by World War II, Pearl Harbor, all of the above. Like, they, we, we were all brought together. And um, it was just, you know, a time where, the, I mean, the 50s, I, I wish that we still lived in the 50s. You know, I wish that it was still the 50s. It was an amazing, it was an amazing time until MKUltra was rolled out for sure. But yeah, it was, it was a great family decade. And then you have the 1960s, which is very interesting because the color of the media um, on magazines, fashion, all of it, it was like a pea green. And it was green, but the emphasis on the color green. And uh, if you guys didn't know, the color green in the satanic cult means an awakening. It means sex, drugs, Satanism. It's an enlightenment color that's what you use to to get zen i mean you see like marijuana leaves like and they're green you know and they make you high and you get all just disgusted <laughs> disgusting like <laughs> who's who with a sane mind uh who is not ghetto smokes weed like i have not met a single person who is not ghetto and just happens to smoke weed uh you were always ghetto but um <laughs> green is the awakening and what's interesting also is that hillary clinton's um call name for presidential office was evergreen she was she was known as evergreen which is very interesting very very interesting and um we got rolling on to the 70s we have red and orange and red and orange well red specifically was the anti-communist movement and we had like the vietnam going on the commies we were going to war to fight the commies we had a whole bunch of death going on we lost so many soldiers that we should not have lost um and orange i i was doing my research about orange and i was wondering why orange kept popping up and then i it came to me agent orange agent orange was literally rolled out during the vietnam war and it was one of the biggest moments in Big Pharma's history because if you guys know, Johnson & Johnson actually is the parent company to the war company who made Agent Orange. Very interesting stuff. Very gross stuff. And uh, after you know that, I don't think that you want to be trusting them because they literally, like, they, they crippled thousands upon thousands of soldiers and children who were exposed to agent orange and the side effects from agent orange are so gross 
so heartbreaking and like who would want to trust a company that claims to be for your health and claims to be here to keep you healthy but is also the parent company of agent orange that crippled and killed thousands of people that caused cancer um in thousands of people so rolling out into the 80s we have pink and blue and pink and blue um it's a it's a big uh pizza gate color big pizza gate colors we have like the the blue squiggly circle that is known as the the boy lovers and we have the girls with the pink hearts um and the little hearts around the pink hearts um and that would be the little girl love and interestingly enough during the 80s there was a lot of hollywood pedophilia going on um so it's very interesting that the 80s just happened to be pink and blue and then you have rolling on you have the colors uh on in the 1990s of pink and black so what's interesting to me about this is i'm completely anti the anti-bullying campaigns like i don't think that the anti-bullying campaign should have ever been rolled out i think that it was the spark of not allowing to think for yourself and not allowing um not allowing children to think what's right from wrong and i think that that in itself is just gross because we should be always teaching kids what's right what's wrong what's right and what's wrong and not having the lines be blurred of what's right and wrong because it's like you if bullying i mean not not to say the bullying is like awesome like it's not i wouldn't say that bullying is like 100 percent like positive but if basically if we were back in the in the 80s and the 70s you know and we saw a kid who identified as a furry i highly i highly like what would say that uh that kid wouldn't be walking around as a furry for very much longer you know because the other kids would be like uh what the heck is this thing what are, what are you wearing stop wearing that that's you look ridiculous especially especially if they brought a kitty a kitty litter box to school which is what schools are trying to push for their kids um and it's it's really gross um so we got pink and black we have the anti-bullying campaigns right that was rolled out in 1999 we have the idea of of gayness and we had that start to be accepted and we also had the idea of child innocence destroyed um because once again you aren't allowed to distinguish what is right from wrong anymore in the 1990s you have to be tolerant and accepting Th- these are the millennials right here <laughs> these are like textbook millennial culture right here the 1990s um be tolerant accepting virtuous um which no we are not to be tolerant and accepting and virtuous of heathenism that's that's not what we should be um but then rolling into the 2000s um which i thought was very interesting because the pattern is starting to reverse again we have red and blue in the 2000s i believe that in the 2000s like 2000 the year 2000 i believe that red and blue symbolized the second rollout of mk ultra um which is the start of also gen z um which is oddly enough my generation i was born in 2001 but we have gen z created second roll of rollout of mk ultra so we are the next mass like gen z was the next group of masses we have the millennials gen x and gen z we are we are the next round of mk ultra 
We had 9-11 in 2000. Uh, we had the trauma of that. We had the war in Afghanistan. And we had the Bushes declare the new world order in the year 2000. That was the second rollout of all of that. And what's really interesting is we're starting to go through increments of like two years now since the 2000s. Um, but I wanted to talk to you guys about how you guys can basically point out color coding too. Because, you know, we are in a time where you really need to be as wise as a serpent. And obviously as innocent as a dove, but you need to be as wise as the serpent in this in this point in time because we can't we literally cannot do anything but have our eyes open anymore it's it's foolish not to have our eyes opened on what is right anymore and um you know we we can't keep falling for the cultural norms we can't keep falling for things of this world that's the bottom line because too many people have been following falling for the things of this world and too many people from that are being led astray from christ and so what we need to be doing is is pointing out this color coding so the way that you can basically ask yourself like how this is color coding whatever is literally the simplest thing what are celebrities wearing color wise what are they what are they wearing are they wearing leopard print are they posing promiscuously what is the agenda that they are putting out whenever they put out a certain color so like during the time of oh for instance right now like what do you guys see in colors every day what colors on TV do you see every day? What colors on the media do you see every day? What what colors on your cell phones do you see every day? Like what, just hear me out and just write down the colors that you see every day. And if you see like an ink, like a repeating, like different color scheme, then you can 100% be sure that something is a, uh, something's not right and it's not just a trend, you know? Trends are, they're not, they're not just trends that die out. They're put there for a specific purpose. So another thing to really reflect on when you are trying to point out color coding is asking yourself if there's a certain narrative going on in the media and whenever you look at this narrative, the colors that are the most prominent always pop up so for instance um yellow and blue standing for ukraine yellow and blue was rolled out like a million times um and every single person that i knew at least aside from my own husband and my team um we all knew that ukraine was no bueno we all knew that ukraine was overwhelmingly like populated in nazis uh but Everybody else seemed to want to take the side of Ukraine after decades of knowing that they were, like, one of the most perverted and one of the most corrupt countries in the entire world. Like, they were, they, I think that they were actually given the award of most corrupt nation in the entire world. Um, and that says a lot. There's a lot of corrupt nations. But not only that, but you have, like, the rainbow. Like, you have the rainbow. And whenever you think rainbow, you think gay. You don't think God's creation anymore, and it's hard to reprogram yourself into thinking, "Oh, this is this isn't just a gay flag. This is the this is the rainbow. This is what God promised us. This is God's promise." And it's in a way, it's very ironic because it's like the rainbow promised that He would never flood the earth again by water, but He is flooding the earth by fire next. And we have that 
the gay pride flag just happens to be rainbow, um, which almost promises <laughs> their demise if they don't repent, which I hope that they all repent because it's not too late, but, you know, it, it's very ironic. And then you have, like, you have leopard print. Whenever you see a woman wearing leopard print, oh, you think, you think, oh my gosh, she's so promiscuous. Like, she's sexy. Like, that's what you think. Whenever people wear leopard print, you think of, like, sexy, promiscuous, provocative. You think of that. And it's very interesting. Um, and it's literally every time, like, whenever you see a woman wearing leopard print, you're like, oh, is she kind of like a, what is she, like a fox? Like, what what's going on here? And, the importance of diamonds too whenever you think of diamonds you think of oh i want a diamond because if i have a diamond I, i'll look rich and diamonds are associated with riches and it's it's very very interesting what you see there and finally you have planned parenthood planned parenthood's colors are pink and black their their colors are pink and black um and pink and black in gematria is child sacrifice linked so you type in the the words full full one word pink and black and then you type into child you type into gematria child sacrifice same exact same exact gematria numbers so it's linked to child sacrifice gematria is used in satanic cult communication and so whenever you see pink and black you think of feminism you think of abortion you think of planned parenthood and ultimately you think of child sacrifice. It's very interesting. But anyways, you guys, this is this is how you can point out color coding and um this is this is just the entire I guess <laughs> the the entire thing that I have planned for you guys, but um what I what I wanted to start doing as well is start introducing my top conservative brands that I find every week. And I have two for you guys today. Um, one of them is the brand Forbidden Clothes. And let me tell you guys right now, Forbidden Clothes is awesome. It, it's not sponsored by me. I, I'm, not, I'm not sponsored by them at all. Um, but they are a great brand and I would love to work with them. So hopefully one, one of these days I can get a sponsorship with them because they are amazing. They are, that's a great brand. They post the most based things on their pages. You just have to check it out. And they're on Instagram at Forbidden Clothes. That's, that's what it's called, Forbidden Clothes. And then the second, um, the second thing, the second, um, market and spec, second, sorry, the second brand that I wanted to share with you guys is Gab Marketplace. And basically what Gab Marketplace is trying to do, what Gab.com is trying to do, uh, what Andrew Torba is trying to do ultimately, he's trying to create a parallel universe, a, a parallel society for, for us as conservatives. And what he's doing is he is basically creating the conservative version of Amazon. Um, the also the conservative version of Facebook Marketplace. So you guys can literally get anything that your heart desires on on Gab Marketplace and it will show up at your door, just like Facebook, just like Amazon. It's amazing stuff. But um yeah, those are the those are the two brands that I have for you guys today to go check out. They're amazing. Um they're conservative brands, Christian brands. Highly recommend you guys go check them out. Um but you guys, this has been such an amazing episode. I'm so excited to get the opportunity to film again. And next week, 
I I have so many things, so many topics to talk about. Um, but I would love your guys' input of what you think that I should talk about next. But thank you guys so much for listening in to this amazing episode of Paranoid. I am so excited to be back. I'm so happy to be back. I'm so blessed to be back. And you know, let's let's do this more. Let's <laughs> let's let's do this more. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow me on the paranoid platform it is paranoid pod on instagram we are at paranoid pod p-a-r-o-i-d p-o-d paranoid pod on instagram that's where we're at and uh you guys can follow us on there um and you know if you guys want to if you guys want to follow me on instagram if you don't already um my at is Jillian Stone. And without further ado, I'm going to end off this message with just saying, you know, I love you guys. I'm so excited to be starting this new journey. I'm excited to dive into more conspiracy theories because this stuff is what I'm actually passionate about. And um, I, I really wanted to get away from more of the political spectrum for a really long time. And I didn't know what I was truly passionate about until I really realized the first thing that started getting me into really thinking outside of the box was conspiracy theories and that is something that i love so much i love talking about this stuff i love talking about mk ultra i love talking about serial killers and and aliens and bigfoot and all of the above so you know i'm really excited to continue on this journey but yeah i'm going to conclude this with a god bless you guys and i will see you in the next episode Bye, guys.